Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boyd Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Benick. Cowboys preview. First divisional game of the year, week five. It's a, that's a little weird for this, but I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And thank you, Danny Behan, in the chat for telling me to not forget the ad. We won't forget it. Justin, we hate the Cowboys. We have a divisional game. We're one and a half games back. This is a, like... I know this, you know, the joke about, oh, we're still in it thing because we're at 0-4 and, and they're 1-3. But, I mean, if we win this game, are we not hyped up? Are we not hyped up that we were able to control this three-headed monster wide receiver? Are we not hyped up if we can somehow pull this game out? Bobby Skinner, permission to drop an F-bomb on the podcast. Just say friggin'. Friggin' is no. it's a... It's no. a Bleep it. Do I have the permission? You have to bleep it. Even on YouTube. Try, just try and bleep it. It's too much it. work. It's too much work. All right. All right. I'm, I I may or may not bleep it. I'm looking camera two. I'm looking at you. Zoom in, please. You, YouTube, listen to me. Look at me. Podcast, listen to me. I f- hate the Dallas Cowboys. I hate them with all of my being, all of my body, all of my soul. As a child, I attended games at Giant Stadium and MetLife Stadium, and the amount of times that we have had a lead, five points, six points, three points, two points, one point, sure, the amount of times that we have had a lead heading into the final two minutes to 30 seconds of a football game, and that scum of the earth, Tony Romo, who is a much better broadcaster than he was quarterback, scum of the earth, Tony Romo, let a game-winning drive down the field and ripped my heart out as a child. I hate them. As a f- close friend of mine once said, if I saw them in person, I would spit in their face. Bobby Skinner, Jason Garrett came out and said today that this offense, we don't exactly know what's working. Well, you want to know what? This is going to get real sports radio here in, in, about, in about five seconds. You want to know what, Bobby Skinner? Find something that works. Find something. You are playing a defense that just allowed 300 rushing yards, yes, to a very good offense. You are playing a defense and you're playing a football team that is struggling health-wise. You are playing a very talented football team. But I am willing to bet a significant body part that John Mara is sitting in his office this week. And if he's talking to Dave Gettleman, if he's talking to Joe Judge, he doesn't care what the record is. Or frankly, he is looking at the records. And he's looking at the tape and he's looking at the performance of whatever the Cowboys have given, you know, I've given this year. And they are saying, I don't care what our record is. We need to go out, try to win this game, and try to compete. Win. 
Winners win, losers lose. I you can't go into this game with a a, a losers mentality. Well, let, let's talk about the ins and outs of this. Um, oh, by the way, we're having Orlando Skandrick on the podcast um, for our interview this week. He he does Cowboys content now. Let's start with their offense, Justin. It is deadly. That offense scores a lot of points. They're one and three, but it's not because they're offense. Now they have turnovers, and those have screwed them. But that offense is good. Dak is completing 68% of his passes, 444 yards per game. And spare me, they're playing from behind stuff because guess what? We're playing from behind too, and we're not, we don't have 440 yeah. yards per game. No. <laughs> Amari Cooper has 400 yards. CeeDee Lamb has 309 yards. Michael Gallup has 275 uh, yards. He's averaging over 20 yards per catch. Now, it's only 13 catches, but that's a lot. And we saw Michael Gallup do very successful against the Giants last year. Hell, their backup tight end, Dalton Schultz, he has 18 catches for 219 yards and two touchdowns. He's a starter. Yeah, well, he, I mean, I'm saying he was before um, What's-His-Face got hurt. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Zeke is not even having a great year, but he's got 160 yards in the air, along with almost 300 yards rushing. A, a down year. That's a down year for Zeke, and that's probably more rushing yards than our entire team has this season. This offense is lethal. Now, their offensive line is banged up. Looks like Tyron Smith is going to be out. Joe Looney's out. Lael Collins is done for the year. So their offensive line is banged up, but that offense is lethal, man. And if Patrick Graham can pull something out against this defense, we, sh- we should just crown his ass. We should crown his ass because as good as this defense has been for the Giants, it's hard to hide Darnay Holmes and Ryan Lewis against CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Like if he's able to pull that off, I'll be blown away, Justin. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys pass rate, their raw pass rate, not just in the first quarter, the fourth quarter, whatever, their raw pass rate is 69%, and the Giants are second with 68%, and they've been throwing it well, unlike the New York football Giants who are in second place in their pass rate, and what pass rate means, somebody asked me on Twitter, what does that mean? And I thought past, I thought oh, the overall definition of pass rate I thought was pretty clear, but it's basically how often is a team throwing the ball? They throw it the most in the NFL, and it is largely because... The Dallas Cowboys, they are playing from behind, and it's been games one through four. Now, that's not a reason to downplay really anything in the dangers of this offense, but really, Bobby, and this conversely, this point is conversely also working with our offense, you don't want the Dallas Cowboys to get ahead in a football game because realistically, that is their strength with Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe not the offensive line now. the last four years is when they take leads, they don't lose them. That's been their formula. That's been their formula of success of why they're winning 10, 11 games per season. Obviously, they had they didn't do it last year, but that's been their formula. Um, so you don't want them to do that. So, Bobby, I don't want to move to the offense so quickly. Is there anything that you want to say about the defense or about this Dallas offense that you want to touch on before I talk about how important it is for this Giants offense to get off to a quick start? Dak, if there's any time he struggles, it's when he's pressured. And he has to make a tight throw in man coverage. That's when Dak is at his worst. And that's why the Cowboys are, like, you look at Dak's stats last year, split between playoff teams and, and non-playoff teams. And that's why it's a difference. is because the playoff teams could play those wide receivers, like, a little tight and, and get after Dak. And that's, like, when you when he, when he knows what's happening, he's unreal. But when he has to throw man coverage, he doesn't, I feel like he still doesn't trust his arm. I don't think he trusts himself to make those tight throws. So I, I actually think even though we have 
Ryan Lewis and Darnay Holmes going against those two wide receivers, I think Patrick Graham is going to throw the sink at Dak. Because just playing back and playing not to lose is not going to work against the Cowboys. That's what James Betcher did, and that's why the Cowboys lit us up last year. He's gonna, he is going to try and confuse the crap out of Dak Prescott. He's going to take chances, which I am all for. Because if we sit back and, re- and base coverage, Dak is going to tear this team up. I don't care how bad their offensive line is. He's going to tear this team up. Um, and that's what I'll say. Dalvin Tomlinson, go out there, take Tyler ass and beat that ass, Dalvin Tomlinson. Dexter, Leo, they have to have awesome games up front. And that's what led to the success for the Rams game last week, Justin, when you talk about, is that Patrick Graham, he he had to have told this D-line that you guys are going to have to stop the run because we're not going to get beat on these easy play action things. And that's what yeah. happened. That is what has been the success for this Giants defense is that they have trusted. I know like we, as much as, you know, we, you know, there's jokes made about the whole stopping the run. Adding those guys has helped those def- this defense because we're able to stop the run without having to have our inside linebackers sell out. And when they right. do, and you it, also don't need to put you also don't need to put uh, two interior linebackers on the field. You feel good enough with Blake Martinez back there, and I know Tay Crowder has gotten reps. And actually, having Tay Crowder on the field David Mayo is a strength because it's because of his athleticism that you like to have Tay Crowder back there, even in coverage. But the the four the four big guys up front, the three big guys up front, no matter how many you know, which depending on the rotation of those guys. It helps the entire defense because you can drop guys back into coverage and you can have more safeties on the field. But Bobby, one other thing I wanted to talk about with with this Giants defense, a very underrated, this is not my Giant factor, but a very underrated key player of the game is going to be Adrian Colbert. And we talked about him. I'm really, really hoping he does. I'm really, really hoping he does. Because you saw last week, the Giants did not allow a single pass play of over 20 yards, I'm pretty darn sure, until the Cooper Cup touchdown of 55 yards. And Colbert was hurt with an injury, and Julian Love was on the field. Now, Julian Love, I'm not going to come out and say that Julian Love has played terrible this year, but I'm telling you right now, and we talked about this all offseason, Julian Love, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, any one of those guys, their strength is not playing deep center field safety. Adrian Colbert, was signed from Miami this summer because that is his strength. And I'm, you know, did Adrian can I say definitively that Adrian Colbert had a really awesome game against LA? No. But if you're not calling the single high safety's name a ton of times for allowing maybe a crossing route, allowing a streak down the field when he's supposed to be the last man at defense, if you're not calling his name, he must be doing somewhat of a good job. And this Dallas Cowboy team is going to be the same thing. Yeah. They're going to be going to Gallup down the field. They're going to be going to Cooper. They're going to be going to everybody down the field. All these wide receivers are so diverse. They're going to be running those play-action bootlegs, which they've been running for 15 years against the Giants, where if it's the checkdown's not open, all right, then you throw it to the tight end that's running out in the flat, or that's, that's running maybe 10 yards down the field. If that guy's not open, then you're running to the wide receiver that's running the crossing route 15 yards down the field. If none of those guys are open, you take it and you run. That's been the formula for a lot of stuff that has worked over the years against this Giants defense. And at least last week, Patrick Graham really showed for the first time how he was able to defend it, and he defended it well. And you would hope the same thing is replicated this weekend. For sure. All right, let's talk about their defense, though. It's bad. Now, they've played against good teams, but it is bad. Um, they're literally the worst scoring off uh, defense in the league at 36.5 points per game. 
like I said, they've played against some good offenses, but you know, the Falcons haven't been like world beaters um, on O this year. And that was the game I went and watched. It's very vanilla, man. What Mike Nolan is doing there, he may not, he's not going to last long because it's, it's bad. And I saw big media talking about effort with the Cowboys and you know how stuff can become talking points and it's not like, we know how that goes. It's real. It's real. When I watched the Browns, I was watching Jedrick Wills for a video. The defensive linemen weren't trying. And past, like when they were, you know, maybe it's because they were worn down by the Browns running for almost 300 <laughs> yards on them. But when they were passing the ball, they weren't trying. It, it was bad effort. I don't care what Orlando Skandrick says. It was bad effort. And that paired with number 48, their linebacker next to, I love Jalen Smith. I think he's a great player. 48, Joe Thomas. He is horrendous. He's so bad. He is such a horrible inside linebacker. So they got to attack the weaknesses on this team. Now, granted, like they have Alden Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin. They have good pass rushers. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sneezing at this defense. Like people are like, oh, they're the worst. We'll have a good game. They have, they still have good players. They're just not great on the back end. No, you can't. The Giants' offense cannot afford to take anybody for granted. The worst offense versus the worst defense. They are not doing anything well. The Giants offense is not doing anything well. And I was digging up some stats this week and digging up some stats today. And this is this overall, these two stats are going to be umbrellaed under the point of we need to get off to a fast start. We said it all offseason, that this was going to be the formula of the team with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's not here, but honestly, the formula is still the same. If the New York football giants are going to have any chance of winning this game, Jason Garrett, his first 10, 15, 20 plays, first two drives, first drive of the game, need it needs to work. And I, it's very sports radio, you know, me just saying it needs to work and not saying why, but it needs to work. But let, maybe let's get it, let's get into why. So to start the so to start the year 2020 and then last year in 2019, Daniel Jones throwing the ball further or at least 15 yards down the field. 10% of his throws in 2020 have been for at least 15 yards or more. 10%. Bobby, last year in 2019, Daniel Jones on 25% of his attempts threw the ball for 15 yards or more down the field. That is a substantial, substantial, and we, we've we've seen it with our eyes, so I guess it's not a shocking stat, but oh my God, you know, th- that's a 15% difference. It's, it's one and a half times out of every 10 pass attempts for Daniel Jones, less is going in the intermediate part of the field instead of expanding the field. It, it terrible, Te- it, unacceptable, and... On the first 15 scripted plays of the game, this is from the PFF Giants account, on the first 15 scripted plays of the game, the Giants are the worst team in the National Football League in terms of their efficiency with expected points. By a large gap. By a large gap. They need to get off to a faster start, and they need to allow Daniel Jones to read the field deep down the field. Because you said it on the defensive side of the ball and how Patrick Graham should call this game defensively. Call the game to win it, not to not lose. Yep. Yep, I agree. All right. You got anything else before we kick it to Orlando? I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Scum of the I earth. I hate them too. All right. Let's kick it to Orlando Scandrick. He's doing Cowboys content. We obviously know him. And he's just 
he really was a, f- a blast. He thought everything I said was funny. Um, he definitely wasn't just trying to get it over with. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. There's some funny moments when you know that he just was like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to play around, homeboy. All right. Orlando Scandrick. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome on to the program 11-year NFL vet. DB played most of his career for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Right now he's working, doing some stuff for Fox. He's host of the Believe Cowboys podcast, Orlando Skandrick. What's going on, Orlando? Um, how you doing, man? I always got to start it off like this, though. Everyone wants to make me an 11-year vet. It's 12. Did 12 10 years 12, in Dallas. My bad. my bad. 10 years in Dallas. One year in KC. Season in Philadelphia. But <clears throat> I'm doing great. Um <laughs> I don't want to get shorted on my years. I already shorted myself. I wanted to play 15, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. But I'm doing well. Just trying to stay busy during uh, this global pandemic, during this crazy life of quarantine. Obviously, you being in New York and me being in – on the East Coast, should I say, like New York. And me being in California, it's just two hotbeds, two COVID hotbeds. So it's been really slow to get back to normal life for us. Yeah, man, I hear you. So we'll get into the, you know, the Giants-Cowboys matchup. But because you were a part of that matchup for so long, I have to ask you my um, Chris Farley question of the week. Do you remember in 2011 when uh, the Giants beat the Cowboys twice in four games and on Sunday Night Football to win the division and then won the Super Bowl that year? I do. Um, <laughs> do I think the Giants got up to a slow start that year, and they just kind of got it kicked in the gear at the end. Uh, I remember Victor Cruz kind of came into his own. Hakeem Nix had a phenomenal year, and, you know, the Giants kind of went on to, to roll. They beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I, I remember that so vividly because I think the year before that, I think the Giants won in 2009? Seven. Se- seven? Yeah. Yeah, they, they won, won yeah, four they, years before that. They won in seven, and then they won in ten, and then I remember we played them the opening game the next year at MedLife, and we beat them after they won the Super Bowl. Yep, yep, yep. Um, right, right after the Super Bowl. Most of my career, the Giants was a huge rivalry. Um, Eli was in his prime, a phenomenal defense. Tom Coughlin was an incredible coach. Uh, he definitely was an incredible leader and man. He had some incredible teams. And my image of the Giants is totally different of what's going on there now. Um, I just – I think football needs the New York football Giants to, you know, get it together and get back on the right track. And I would like to see them go back to the winning that they've been all about for years. You're, t- you're telling me, man, we own uh, 4 Dallas is off to a slow start. So let- let's talk about that matchup a little bit, though. I went and watched, you know, the Falcons matchup this morning just, you know, to prep for, for this game. And what is the idea of the defense? Because when I look at that game, I look at a bland defense that, you know, it's, it's some basic coverages, basic man coverage, not a lot of blitzing. What is the identity of a defense that's giving up all those points right now? I actually don't think they have an identity right now. I think they're all over the place. I don't think they know who they want to be. Um, they looked very unsound um, at times. They don't look like they play hard at all. They look lethargic, sluggish, um, kind of, you know, like they're waiting to turn it on. But it's just crazy to me because they had a top 10 defense for the last two years, and they have pretty much the same players. Um, I just don't think they're comfortable in their scheme. I think not having a true offseason, not having preseason, not having a true training camp type situation is really hurting them. 
And you would just like to hope that they can get it together. They have a very, very talented offense, very, very talented quarterback, very, very talented running back that's uh, struggling with some fumbling issues this year. And they just have some – they have three talented receivers. Yeah, and I, I want to get to those receivers, and I actually want to hear your opinion on how you would stop those. But to stay on the defense – I know um, 48, Joe Thomas, he looks like he might be a weakness at linebacker. Um, but also, effort has been called into play with the Cowboys. And I, you know, I went and watched the Browns game, and I did notice it a little bit from the D-line up front. Is that a real thing, or is that more of a, like a media, like, you know, big media talking point? Or, no, because it, no it kind of looks like they are like not really giving their full effort at all times. I don't, I don't know if they're not really giving the effort. They just don't play hard right now. Um, if you even watch, you go in the fourth quarter when there's a three three point game, and um, Odell Beckham has a reverse. Alden Smith has him dead to right for a, which is going to be a big big loss. If you can just have some pursuit, and you know you just don't you just don't feel like they're busting their their butt. They don't feel they don't expect to make the play. They're all looking for someone else to make the play. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, I know the Browns. The way they ran the ball can be kind of like defeating, but it was like they were running all this play action and it looked like the D linemen were just kind of standing and reading instead of actually, you know, rushing the passer when they had those yeah, opportunities. I don't, I don't know how much of that is scheme there. They've changed to a three, four. So it's more of a two gap, you know, kind of hold your gap, peeking the other gap. Whereas when I was there or the last few years with Chris Richard and Rob Marinelli, it was a one gap, hit it and get it type scheme. Right. Where, you know, guys were just, your effort was going to make up for the lack of, schematics your effort was going to make up for a bad play call and I just don't know if they have that philosophy anymore and it just sucks to see it because you know how those guys you know how Demarcus Lawrence how he was brought up you know how Jalen Smith was brought up you know how Tyrone Crawford was brought up same with Xavier Woods and it's like to see what's happening now like the culture has has dramatically changed um I think Mike McCarthy is a great offensive mind I think he's a great coach in Green Bay I think he also had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and now he's running into a different type of program. I think he has a great offense, but when it comes to motivating his defense and motivating his team, I think they're 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 below average right now. Yeah, it's like you said. I mean, you know, maybe there's some new guys in the secondary, but you know, Alden Smith, he's like bounced back. Demarcus Lawrence is a guy who's given the Giants troubles and. You know, I know Vander Esch is out, but I think Jalen Smith is one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. Um, you know, especially when he played the Giants last year. I mean, I never, you know, I, I love seeing linebackers fly around, and he seemed to do that. But it seems like they just kind of are have those weak spots, and teams have been attacking them on D. Yeah, I I feel like um, Jalen's kind of struggling a little bit this year. I don't know if it's a pressing too hard and wanting too much. I don't know exactly what it is but he hasn't played to the Jalen that we've seen last year um, I hope he just relaxes and just lets his God-given talent work right and I saw, you know sorry sorry go ahead and you know this this weekend is going to be it's going to be a test for them not because the Giants are overly talented but it's going to be a test for them because I think Jason Garrett is a great offensive mind and he's going to test the rules and I look to see the Giants maybe get it on, on track and, you know, score a few points this weekend. And, you know, I look to see the Cowboys try to implement – this is a, ch- a time where you're playing a team kind of that's below you in skill level and you should just implement your will and maybe this can be a game that turns it around. So you, you mentioned Jason Garrett, and I, I want to transition to that because 
the Giants have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who last year was aggressive and he had mistakes. And it seems like with Garrett coming in and obviously, you know, Joe Judge has an impact on that too, but it seems like they have changed the way he plays the game. He went from a guy who we are going into the season saying maybe he's a little too aggressive to now he's dead last and downfield throwing. And you see Garrett's offense. It's a lot of short stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on Jason Garrett as a as an offensive mind? Maybe not as just a head coach, as an offensive mind, because after four games, the Giants are dead last in scoring, and it's and it's by a wide margin, and he's catching a lot of the the flag for that. When I think about Jason Garrett, I just think about structure. Um, he's kind of suffering from the same things as I said the Dallas Cowboys defense was suffering from: um, the cohesiveness, the lack of training camp, the lack of offseason. Daniel Jones being a very young quarterback, he showed some promising. He showed some some promise to him. But I think it's just going to take time. I don't think the Giants have the pieces. Um, the best offensive player is hurt. He never really got a chance to get going. Their offensive line never really got a chance to materialize and gel together. And I think as a, they, don't, they just don't have any from a receiver standpoint. They don't have any real receiving weapons. Evan Ingram's been a disappointment. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's not dropping passes, he's committing offensive fouls or there's costly – OPI penalties or whether it's fumbling or it's just, he's just had a hard time staying on the field. I think the giants just don't have the pieces that they had. Okay. In so the early two thousands, they just, they haven't been able to find that first round receiver. And then they haven't been able to find that mid round receiver or that undrafted receiver. They haven't, they've struggled to replace. They were fortunate to be able to replace Steve Smith with Victor Cruz, but they struggled to be able to replace Victor Cruz and Victor Cruz had great productivity for them. Um, he's played hard. He's a great player. He had great chemistry with Eli. So you mentioned, you know, the, so we're talking about these receivers, and I agree with you that Slayton's good, but he doesn't look like he's that number one guy. Now, as a you know, you play corner. When you have a receiving group like that, would you rather them being running deep concepts where there's flood stuff, or you know, these five yard curls and you know curl outs and stuff like that? Because it seems like, yes, the wide receivers struggled, but that paired with Jones holding on to the ball a little bit, defenses, defensive backs are just jumping all over it because they know stuff's going short, so they're taking chances. And then paired with the fact that the Giants are the most blitz team in the NFL right now and they're getting to the QB. So as a corner, what, do you, like, what, do you, what would you want to – like you have a lesser wide receiver. What do you want? Do you want him testing you on posts and corners or those five-yard curls in slants kind of stuff? <clears throat> these guys just don't separate. So when, as a corner, when a receiver doesn't separate, you want to be down on them all over their face. You want to make these windows tight for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones doesn't, has a big arm, but he doesn't really throw particularly well in the tight windows. The same with, with their offense not being a vertical passing team and they're getting blitzed. They don't really have a chance. So if you get all over these receivers and you throw out their timing, you just make Daniel, Clark's clock, Daniel, Daniel Jones, his clock and his head go faster. And I think they're playing from behind a lot and their offensive line's not the greatest. So people are getting after them and they don't really have a dominant running back. So people are just pinning back their ears, making them one dimensional and saying, we're going to put it on Danny Dimes hand and Danny Dimes right arm. And, you know, he just doesn't have what it takes to make, to beat us. He's just not there yet. Right. But I'm, I'm saying like, just as a, like a cornerback, like, what do you want to, what would you rather guard, you know, an eight yard curl on second and five or, you know, a go ball or, or some, some kind of deep, uh, you know, concept. As a corner, you just want to win. Um, deep balls are very, very – I know everybody loves them. I know fans love them. 
They're low percentage throws. They're really, really low percentage throws. Balls outside the numbers are low percentage throws. You look at the, the great quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that make their money, the quarterbacks that have a bunch of yards. You look at Pat Mahomes throws a great deep ball, but when it comes to the intermediate in between the numbers throws to Kelsey and the under routes to Tyreek Hill and the deep overs and the deep overs that are caught right outside the hash to Mikhail Hardman, that, that's where you make your money. Okay. So uh, let's, let's switch off. I want to finish off with this. You mentioned that trio of wide receivers Dallas has, and Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, who looks good, Michael Gallup, who's – I think he's averaging over 20 yards uh, a snag right now. And then even Schultz is getting some stuff underneath. Now, the Giants have a cornerback one in Bradbury who looks awesome. Cornerback two is a, is a hole, and nickel corner is a guy they like, but he's a rookie. What are some things you would try and do as, like, from a defensive, like, mind to stop that wide receiver trio? Because going into this, I, I, I look like they're just going to eat on these guys. You have to take some pressure off of them. Um, the Giants played well last weekend defensively. They didn't, they didn't give up a bunch of points to an explosive Rams team, but the talent level, like I said, the talent level is just not there yet. I, I look for them to mix some coverages, take some, take some pressure off these guys. I look for them to mix some coverages. I look for them to just tackle well, tackle the catch. Tackling the catch is so important against the Dallas Cowboys because they're – their receivers are so phenomenal after the catch. Their their yards after catch are phenomenal. Cooper's a strong runner. CeeDee Lamb's a strong runner after catch. And so is Michael Gallup. All right. All right, Orlando, we'll let you go. Um, before we let you go, where can people find you? Where can they hear you? What's uh, where, where can we find you these days? Uh, you can find me on the Believe Network, um, sometimes in the rotation at Fox on FS1, at either Colin Coward, Skip and Shannon, speak for yourself. I like it. I like it. What What's the craziest thing you ever heard Skip say in person? Uh, Skip's, Skip's an interesting individual. because I like he, him. I, people hate does, him, but I like him. Yeah, He's really calculated. He articulates really well. He's really prepared every show. Yeah. Um, he's got a great spotter that helps him, and he's just – he sticks to a point, and he, he believes it so much, he makes everyone else believe it. I, I like it. I think he's one of the best in the business. He, he knows how to get you to cha- like turn his channel on like no other. One of his favorites, the, uh, I think it was yesterday, he said, why LeBron winning this finals weakens his GOAT argument. And I thought that was it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen from Skip Bayless. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Uh, but <laughs> he's, he's, he's super, super, super opinionated, and, you know, as he should be. All right, well, tell him, tell him Bob said hi. All right, thanks, Orlando. No holds bad. He, was, he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right. Thank you, Orlando Skanjic, for coming on. Uh, we're going to welcome Danny on for weather. But, I mean, what do you guys think of the interview? I, my favorite part was when I tried to do the, like, hey, hey, how, how the Giants beat you? And he was like, yeah, I, I actually do remember that. I, I, rem- it's like, I know that you remember that, Orlando Skandrick. I know. You were there. Of course, I know you remember it. And he just wasn't in for the trash talk. He couldn't even give me a, like, a joke about Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless part really did. That one got me when he was like, this guy really wants you to talk about Skip freaking Bayless. I thought he was going to come on. A tr- remember he went on with like ESPN and Fox Sports when he was on the Eagles and trashing Malcolm Jenkins and stuff? I thought you were interesting. Anyways, I don't want to. We're not supposed to bad mouth anyways. Anyways. Not listening. Don't worry. Justin, 
<laughs> you know what I did? No, I guys, I, I just forgot. You know what I forgot? I forgot that week four football is in the books. And now it's time to review mm. the tape and get ready for week five. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week five, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. On top of that, great sign-up offer. DraftKings offers great odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain. Make it rain. Make it rain. Don't worry if football isn't for you. It is because you're listening to this podcast. But it, if it's not and you're just a weirdo, DraftKings is giving all you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY when you sign up and get $1,000. That's code JOMBOY to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bobby and Danny Lane Kiffin just went on the SEC Network. He's the head coach of Ole Miss football, if you haven't checked in on him in a while. And I think he made a God reference. He said, we all have the same father. Last, Which that's true, uh, technically, uh, if you believe it. That, that is true. But I mean, last the, time I just what, checked. What's the point of bringing that up? I have no clue. I have no clue. That was just the SEC Network tweeted out, quote, we all have the same father, dash, dash, at Lane underscore Kiffin, followed by two laughing emojis. Steve Cohen's about to become my biological father when he purchases the Mets. Mm, nice. That would literally nice. not be your biological. You don't know. Do you know what the word biological means? Oh, here we go. Oh, whoa. We going to be bringing out the big guns here? <laughs> Anyways, what's the freaking weather in Dallas, Danny? Well, I mean, you, you would think since it's a dome, it would be open. But guess what? They're opening it, baby. At least according to this. Wow. Because of the coronavirus. It's going to be a... <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, they don't want to deal with that. Uh, there, It's going to be a crisp 91 degrees. Oh, 91 gosh. whole degrees. Oh, with no. a feels like of 92. I'm not going to mention the wind because we're, once again, in, in a dome-shaped building. So that doesn't matter. But I'm always intrigued to see where will the sun be because Dallas is going to send us that way so that nice... F- Blaring sun will be in our eyes for the first quarter, and then Daniel Jones will throw about 19 interceptions in that time period. Don't say that. And <laughs> and so yeah, that's the weather. Hot, hot. That's the weather. Hot, 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 hot. All right, let's get into our fantasy draft. Now, Justin, you'll be going first. I'll be going second. Danny will be going last. But it's not because he's in last place. Because I'm too good. Danny is balling. He is leading the pack with 160.9 points. He won last week with 46.9. Justin is second with 128.1 and a 33-pointer last week. And then I continue to just be miserably bad. I have 83.6 points. I'm basically half of what Danny has. and had 21.6 points. I give up. Fade, whatever I say, don't start those guys for your fantasy team. Because I'm just, I'm unbelievably bad at this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way around it. You just you just don't pick the good, good players. All right, so Justin, kick it off. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but my first pick is going to be 
Ezekiel Elliott because it just makes too much sense. He's having kind of a down year, though. It's in the books. He already picked it. He said it. No take In the back. books. I mean, can we let's have a little conversation about it. How do you think Zeke's <laughs> going to do against this run? You don't think this run defense is going to stop Zeke a little bit? I mean, I do. I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to suck, and I hope he stinks. Then you shouldn't have taken him first. <laughs> I would not I bet on Zeke this game because of our corners. So that's why with the second corners. picks, our corners. Everyone but, everyone but Bradbury. He's exactly. So Amari Cooper is obviously the big production guy for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's off to um, an awesome start with 37 catches, 401 yards. But James Bradbury is covering him. So I'm picking between two guys. I don't know who to go. I'm going to bet on the old man. He's not that old, but I'm not taking the young gun. I'm going Michael Gallup. I'm going Michael Gallup. People think Ryan Lewis is our our cornerback too. He might be, but he didn't like he wasn't like a flat out baller in uh in week 4. They used him very very uh in a very good way. I'm going Michael Gallup. I'm taking a chance on him. I'm taking a chance. Take a chance on me. I'm taking a chance on Michael Gallup. I, I respect. I, I respect the chance you're taking on Michael Gallup. I would. Danny, taken, I have a question for you. You can go right ahead. What group? So I'm giving you a hint. What group sings "Take a Chance on Me"? The uh, the Eagles. No, no, <laughs> you failed. Andy, Andy Bernard in the office. <laughs> you failed. Andy Bernard in the office on on the office, and his Cornell buddies sing it. I, I, I know you love the Eagles band, so I just guessed it was them. I also love ABBA, and I cannot believe oh, you. Yeah, See, ABBA, this is of course. This I know is, who that is. This is what's happening with this with this young generation that I'm not a part of. I don't know who that is. ABBA? It's Mamma Mia. Obviously- whatever, whatever. Who 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 was picking Dan, Danny? I mean, that song is it coming sucks. Back like, you? You, does anyone listen to that song? And they're like, when they're <laughs> I just love that the song. Yes, I. It's like a joke song. Change, honestly, take a chance. Take a chance. We're gonna get demonetized. They can't sing it. Don't worry about it. All right, Danny, what is uh you got back to back here? I get the snake, so I'm not feeling bad about my first pick. But you know what? Unlike you guys, I believe in the Giants. You guys Love don't it. believe in them. That's crazy to me. You're the I host of the Talking defense. Giants. I am taking Devontae Freeman with my first pick. Whoa! Okay. You thought I, you thought he would sneak by me, Justin. No, he didn't. I was hoping you would take Elliot. <laughs> The Cowboys' de- run defense is bad. I think they have, like, what, three of their pl- uh, defensive linemen rank at the bottom of the league in run stuffs? They're not good. So give me De- – if Devontae Freeman is going to have a breakout game, it is this game. If we do not establish a run game, if we do not, I am showing Jason Garrett the door immediately after we leave the stadium because there is no hope for this team. No hope for establishing a run game after this. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> – but it's just hard betting on a Giants running back, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I, I, I like it. Who who are you going with uh, your first pick of the second round? And then I'm s- now going to the boys because other than Amari Cooper, uh, the other two receivers should have a fantastic game. So give me the young guns, C.D. Lamb, up against Darnay Holmes. C.D. nuts. I think, C- <laughs> okay. I, I think C.D. Lamb is going to eat Darnay Holmes alive because I think last week he dropped 25 fantasy points on the Browns. I am correct. He did. So give me C.D. Lamb and for my second pick. Yeah, um, I was picking between Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb with that first pick, so I, I respect it. It's just C.D. Lamb is awesome. Um, you know, some people would argue that he was the best wide receiver in his last draft, and then you put him against a young Darnay Holmes. It's, uh, I guess, like we said at the beginning of the show, if 
if Graham is able to to control these wide receivers, then he should get a head coaching job next year. Like because he's he is a beast if he's able to control these three. He deserves head coaching interview. Obviously, if he keeps it up, he a hundred percent. Because no, he I doesn't. No, Can I make a joke? Can I make a joke that let, would be let me say, kind let, of offensive, but it's let, also let, not offensive? Let me no, say this I know exactly me, what you're going to say, Bobby. Let Danny speak. <laughs> let me say this before we get to the offensive part. We all fought James Betcher when he came to the Giants. After one year, he would literally be looking for a head coaching job, and now he's literally out of the league. And now J- uh, Patrick Graham, no one, I'm not saying people expected a world of him, and now I believe he will 100% receive uh, head coaching interviews if he keeps this up. Patrick Graham is why I was losing my mind last year when people are like, oh, James Betcher's defense is just too complicated to run. It's like, well, then why did we get a guy who his defense is too complicated to run? And it's not complicated. Like, he ran the most vanilla defense. We just kept on saying, oh, they can't run it because it's too comp. It's like, well, then what is he here for? For like, do we? What is the point of having a guy who can't run his defense? That crap drove me up the walls. Um, ho- luckily, the NFL doesn't like certain head coaches, so... Patrick Graham should stay with the Giants, though. Wow. Wow. Yeah, went he went there. there, but I mean, like, it, I mean, he's right, though. I mean, he's not wrong in a way. He's somewhat correct. Eric the Defensive enemy coaches. The NFL should... does not go for defensive coaches anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. All right. Flip, flipped it. Right to turn it on me. Flipped it. Hey, I'm not the one who makes the hires. Anyways, I would hire Patrick. If Patrick Graham has a good game, he should be on the top of head coaching list in the offseason. Our head nope. coaching list? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Honestly, maybe. Um, no, I, I want him just to stay as as, as our – like, just just be a baller on defense. Um, all right, so I'm going with my second pick, and I know I trust James Bradbury. I trust James Bradbury. I really do. But I'm playing it safe. I'm going to Mari Cooper. I'm going to Mari Cooper. He's, you know, he's a top 15 guy probably in the, in the NFL. I don't think he's top 10, but he's probably a top 15 guy. I trust Bradbury, but I just feel like I, I don't know what, I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm going to Mari Cooper here. Uh, James Bradbury is going to do what Janoris Jenkins did to Des Bryant when, in that 2016 year when he shut him down. I'm guaranteeing that will happen. James Bradbury is going to lock Amari Cooper down this week. I hope so. I really do hope so. Because at this point, I really don't even care about this fantasy league anyway. So it wouldn't Next bother time. me one oh. bit. Oh, yeah. If he was winning, he, he would he'll be like, I can't take Amari Cooper. That's too much of a risk. That's my point. All right, Justin, snake it. Upside. Um, Snake it. Okay. So, Darius Slayton. Nah, Darius Slayton. I already said it. I already said it. And I will save some of my analysis because he may or may not be my giant factor. And then on the go around, give Wayne Goldman. Bold pick. Bold pick. Danny, I wish you could see Danny's face right now. <laughs> give me Wayne Goldman. Uh, he had some nice carries last week. I have a feeling after being basically in the doghouse for the last couple of years, Wayne Goldman, he had that big little run last week. He started to get some carries, so I guarantee we could see a running back by committee this weekend. I probably should have gone Dalton Schultz, but the Giants have been somewhat good against tight ends to start the year, but that always seems to go away when we play the Cowboys, so I that probably is, will regret that. That is true, but I, I, I wouldn't... T- Schultz, I'm totally out. I honestly don't think he's even being worth being taken. That was the last person I expected to go in this draft was Wayne freaking Gallman. Well, I, I, can't I didn't take expect it. He's not even on my big board. Wayne Gallman's not even on my big board. I didn't even consider him. 
I mean, so, even though I tweeted hashtag believe in Wayne last week. Yeah. Um, he did have a nice run. Like, that was yeah. surprising. Uh, I'm going Evan Ingram. Number 48, their inside linebacker, Joe Thomas, is brutal. He is horrible. Like, he just it just shows up on film how bad he is. So, and, you know, we're at pick eight at this point. I'm just going Evan Ingram. Eventually, he has to get it. Like, he's going to score a touchdown this year, right? I'm going Evan Ingram. Bump up the trade right. stock. I was taking Evan Ingram because if you if you go look at uh his uh fantasy points against the Cowboys, it has only improved year after year against them. He started out against them with an eight, and then his best game came last year with his twenty eight points against them. So I was taking Evan Ingram if he was available to me. That is true. He has always destroyed the Cowboys of Dallas. You can't destroy anyone else though. Uh, for my next pick, honestly, since um, I, I get the snake until I make it, I will actually take. Mr. Dalton Schultz, the tight end of thy Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what, he had 17 points last week. I believe he can, what, when I watched the, uh, what was that thing called again? The, I, I watched the All-22 this week, and it looked like Dak Prescott and him had a decent connection. So I'm like, why won't it continue this week? And last week I took Gerald Edward with my final pick, the backup tight end, and he helped get me some points. So I let's keep you. it going. That is so bullcrap that Danny, <laughs> with the last pick, picks their backup tight end. And he, they give their backup tight end a jet sweep for a touchdown. That is garbage. That is unreal. That shouldn't even counted. <laughs> well, hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. And then with my snake pick, I got to do it. Uh, I We took all the good tight ends from the Cowboys. Cedric Wilson, I don't like him. Uh, I don't like Radley. I mean, I, well, I can't say Let me not. I don't believe Radley will give me points. I don't think Board will give me points. Heck, I don't even think Golden Tate will give me points, but I'm taking Golden Tate. He's got something to prove. Or should I call him Odell Beckham Jr. now, you know, since he's a distraction like Odell. Can we talk uh, about that? (laughs) Because everyone's like, oh, Odell wasn't a distraction. He he was was, a pain in the ass. But the issue wasn't that he was a distraction. The issue was that he literally went on TV before a game and trashed the team. That's not a distraction. That's a cancer. That leads to other guys trashing the team. And get, anyways, we're not. Do, I'm not doing the whole thing. No, and Wait, not you even that. What, you want to know what the the Giants did the day that that interview aired? They went out and they scored 30 points for the first time since 2015. And also, Golden Tate's not a distraction. He's a bad football player. And but the Giants also lost on a 61 yard field goal that same game. Uh, but, but on top of that, he even had a little. People were like, out. "Oh, they motivated them to score." It's like, what do you think they changed the game plan after they saw that interview? Yeah, he had a passing touchdown. Also, yeah, do you think they installed win. that place like Sunday at eleven? Yes, <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah, but little Wayne was there. Why? Would, I still don't that know why the worst he was story there. Storyline of all time. All right, but yeah, Golden Tate. Uh, he's gonna beat up not only on whoever is guarding him this week. He's gonna revenge his name, or not. He's probably not gonna do anything. He's probably just gonna give himself up on every time he catches the ball. Mister Brownstone is peer pressuring me to start Caden Smith. Like he literally. She, Mr. Brownstone, a.k.a. J-Rock, he started um, Caden Smith in his regular fantasy league, which is nuts. So God bless him. God I wrote down Mr. a name. Brownstone. I'm going to flip a coin. So, I'll Tails, Tails is Ratley. Heads is Caden Smith. Heads, we're going Caden Smith. Mr. Brownstone calls it. My mind says Ratley, but I'm I'm going with the coin, and Caden Smith is going to score a touchdown. I'm banking on the tight ends of the New York Giants this week. Justin, finish it off. Ratley. Ratley. 
Yeah. I mean, who else do you go with this? What point? a rat. They haven't been giving Tony Pollard any carries. He only has seven carries on the entire year. No. I, I honestly they thought... Haven't been, they haven't been running the ball, so... I yeah. would have guessed someone would have taken Tony Pollard. I thought Justin would have taken Tony Pollard over Wayne Gallman. This would be the game for Tony Pollard to just go off. Yeah, cause that, that's exactly. The Giants' run defense is going to fail us hard, and then Tony Pollard is going to look like the second coming of Barry Sanders on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Giant factors. Danny. Or no, Justin, you have the first pick this week. I already gave away my giant factor. My giant factor is Darius Slayton. Dude. Week one here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up Bobby Skinner and I'm gonna talk directly to Darius Slayton. Week one, singing your praises. That 41 yard touchdown play action uh, catch that you had, that is literally the best thing that the offense has done all year. And we kind of sang your praises. We were like, oh, maybe this dude can be a number one. Maybe he can step up, especially in the roles that Tate and Shep have. Maybe he can further cement himself as big play Slay. Well, whether it's due to lack of separation on your end, lack, you know, not really good route running, whether it's because Jason Garrett doesn't like to throw the ball downfield, but that's which that's probably the majority of the reasons, whether it's Daniel Jones just not seeing you, dude, we need to see it. Whatever you can control and whatever you can control that's in front of you in terms of executing, route running, whatever, yards after the catch, we need to see it. We need, we saw it week one a little bit. We saw it towards the latter end of the latter end of the game. The last last uh, offensive drive we had, he had a 33 yard catch, which most of it was yards after the catch. We need to see it. Darius Slayton, giant factor. Um, go out and be a dog. Yeah, I think he will be the biggest fantasy member of the Giants this week. I mean, they don't have good corners. Like, the, like if we're not taking if like I said this week, if Jason Garrett looks at this offense and what they're doing and says, "Let's do it the same way," then he, like he's an idiot. So Darius Slayton should have a game. I, for my giant factor, O'Shane Zimnes is on the injury report. Kyler Fackrell's on the injury report. Now they both may play. But I'm going to go with a guy who hasn't been playing. And it's frustrating that he hasn't been playing because he's a good football player. And he was a leader of this Giants team. Marcus Golden. I'm Marcus Golden, 44 takeover. Man, play this dude. Play this dude. That's the only criticism I have of Patrick Graham. Play this guy. He's a good football player. He comes in and... Going into last year, my thing for Marcus Golden when we, me and Danny talked about him is that he will take advantage of bad play. He will not let you have bad plays. So if you put a tight end or a running back on him, he'll take advantage. If a tackle plays bad on him, he'll take advantage. Well, guess what? Both the tackles are out for the Dallas Cowboys. Let Marcus Golden eat and let him go out there and get a sack. We need to get to the quarterback quickly this week because of these wide receivers. Marcus Golden will get a sack this week and he will be a giant factor. I like that. What a what a beautiful speech right there by Bobby Skinner. All right, so for my giant factor, I'm going with a guy I took in this fantasy draft, and then I'm also starting because I believe this is the week to get it done. It's it's Devontae Freeman. This is the week for the Giants to establish some form of a running game. If they are to beat the Dallas Cowboys, they are going to need to run to work so they can establish the play action, which can help lead to the deep ball with Darius Slayton, maybe give Evan Ingram opportunities. The run game is so valuable to this team, and if we can, we haven't been able, we weren't able to do it with Saquon. Freeman snaps finally started coming up. 
if we can establish him, the Dallas Cowboys defense will have a trouble all day because this game is probably, I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Dallas Cowboys offense is going to find a way to pick apart the Giants defense because they've been involved in these shootouts these past few weeks. I think that continues. We're going to need the offense on their A game. We need DJ on his A game. But if we can establish the run, it opens up so many possibilities for this offense. Give me Devontae Freeman for my fantasy. Yeah, I have Giants factor. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Quick picks. We got. Let's go quick through it this week. Um, Thursday night football. Or the listeners are in first place, twenty-one and ten. They always pick the favorites because they're they're pansies, pansy listeners. Um, Justin is in second at twenty and eleven. Danny is nineteen and twelve, and I'm I'm last in everything, seventeen and fourteen. I I'm destined for last place. Um, I've I have given up. Um, I'm like the Mets. I'm like the Mets of of the Talking Giants show. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good one. We're gonna Trevor Bauer, baby. Yankees up two zero, top of the third. Suck They'll it. be home by the end of the week. All right, let's uh, go. Th- <laughs> let's go quick through these Thursday night football. Bucks at Bears. Listeners went Bucks. I'm going Bears. I believe in them. Bear down. Bear down on the Tampa offense. I'm going the Bears. Jimmy Graham's gonna have a big game. Justin, I talked. I talked crap all offseason about Tom Brady's lack of ability to throw the ball downfield. And lo and behold, he's been one of the most efficient, and he's actually not held back by throwing the ball down the field. So I've talked crap about Tom Brady. I talked crap about Aaron Rodgers, and they're both crap down my throat. So give me the Bucks. All right, Justin's going Bucks. Danny. I believed in Big D Nick last week. He oh. let me down. So give me Tom Brady in the Bucks. All right, all right. I'm going against everybody. Jags at Texans. First Texans game outside of the, the Bill O'Brien era. Listeners still went with the Texans. Danny, who do you got? You should turn your microphone on. Gosh, I can't I can't understand people who do that. That would be a smart idea. Uh, so I'm going with the Texans this week. The Jags, meh. I think the Texans, it sounded like Bill O'Brien was bad for them. Maybe they got rid of a, a bad part of that <laughs> locker like room. It. And... Uh, Give me the Texans. Justin? I want to go Texans here, so I'm going to do it. Give me the Houston Texans, their first game without Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you got that first game, new new coach bump, Romeo Cornell. He's a great interim head coach. Um, he got a head coaching job out of being a good interim coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, if people forget. I'm going Texans as well. Panthers at Falcons, where it's like these are two bad teams, but they're both like have ability. The listeners went Panthers. I'm going. I'm going with the birds. I'm going with the Falcons. Justin, who do you got? Part of me really wants the Panthers to be three and zero without Christian McCaffrey, so I can have that little victory in my head that I don't want to publicize because the Giants aren't doing anything without Saquon. Um, good for Joe Brady and good for this Panthers offense to go deep downfield, even though they have a quarterback that typically doesn't do it. So give me the Panthers. Yep. I, Jess I is never, going Panthers, so he can be snarky on Twitter. Danny. <laughs> I, I never have been more disappointed than last Monday night when Matt Ryan did garbage. Did he even give it to Calvin Ridley? I'm benching him in fantasy this week. Give me the Panthers. All right. This game has been moved to Tuesday. Bills at the Titans, the Corona Bowl. Listeners went Bills. I'm going Bills, too. I'm, I'm a believer in Josh Allen. I'm sucked into my Josh Allen uh, life. Screw the Titans who are screwing the entire NFL right now. I'm going Bills. Danny. Uh, give me COVID as the winner because it seems like the Titans should be forfeiting this game. Uh, give me the Bills. Give me Josh Allen. Circle the wagons, baby. Justin. 
wait, this is a serious question. If this game does get forfeited and the Titans technically lose, no. for those who pick the Bills, do they win? No. It'll just be a, it'll be a no contest. That's not fair. If you to... choose COVID, though, you win because technically COVID won the game. Yeah, you can right. choose a forfeit. How about that? I'm going to choose a forfeit. Choose the forfeit. There we go. Are That's you really? Because I'm going to put forfeit on your sheet. Yeah, I'm choosing a forfeit. <laughs> All right. Like forfeit. half the active roster has tested positive. <laughs> but it, it was just scheduled for Tuesday, um, you know, an hour ago. Yeah, but they've been tested positive every day. <laughs> the Battle of Pennsylvania. The Yenzers versus Philly. The Eagles are coming off a win. The Steelers are good. I'm going with the Steelers. I almost went with the Eagles. I almost went with the Eagles just because they're riding momentum and they're probably going to win this division. But I'm going with the Steelers. Steelers win. Move to 4-0. Donnie, who you got? Uh, I, I will never choose those scumbags in my life, even though I might have picked them at one point. Give me the Steelers. You hate the Cowboys, Justin? I despise the Eagles. Even though I met your friend. And I hate Washington right? he was a nice the most. guy. You just you hate the poverty franchise. Well, so I have a lot of Washington fans in my in my life. All right, Justin, who do you got? Steelers. 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 All right, Colts says Browns. This is an interesting matchup. Offense versus it defense. Is. I'm going Colts. I believe in the Colts. Um, and as I believe in the Browns' offense, but I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I'm going Colts. Danny, who do you got? Listeners went Browns, by the way. I will be joining the listeners this week and going with that Cleveland Browns. They're, I mean, the Cowboys obviously are not the best of teams, but they're riding high on momentum. Odell might have found his groove in Cleveland. Give me the Browns. Yep. Odell has the same amount of yards as Darius Slayton this year. Fun fact. All right, because people were getting – anyways, Odell's good. I'm not, I don't want to just turn this into a Bash Odell episode. Justin, who do you got? Wow, so it's Bash Odell episode. Then on Monday we're going to have a Bash Trevor Lawrence episode. We follow the same formula every week. Give me the Colts. I think the Browns have too much momentum, sports radio. Um, give me the Colts. Good football team, smart football team. All right, another COVID bowl. This game has been moved to Monday night. Broncos at Patriots. I am tempted to go the Broncos here. And you know what? This is my upset pick of the week. I'm going Broncos. I'm going Broncos. Danny, who do you got? I will be joining you with the Broncos because what are the Patriots options? Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer? Hell no. Give would me you have, rather have Jared Stidham or Brett Rippon? Who, who would you rather have as your quarterback? <sighs> Brett Rippon had a more promising game against the Jets. Give he had Brett. two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life, Brett Rippon. Yeah, but Jared Stidham did literally nothing. Brett yeah. Rippon at least put up something. All right, Justin, who do you got? Give me the Brian Hoyer-led... New England Patriots. Is Hoyer starting? I love Hoyer. I don't care if Cam Newton is starting. I don't care if Stidham's starting. Wh- whoever COVID chooses to start is who's starting this game. Danny Behan just called me Lawrence. Bad. Danny Behan just called me Lawrence Tynes in the chat. I like it. Lawrence Tynes has been under heat because he just puts his foot in his mouth a lot. He's out of Remember, control. Danny, I got heat last year because I said Lawrence Tynes kind of annoy me, kind of annoys me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said that. Everyone's like, he's a Super Bowl god. How could you do that to him? Uh, I was like, he's kind of annoying sometimes. I like, I've actually come around on him, but everyone is just hating on him this week. Well, now he's a podcast. We gotta like him. Vikings at Seahawks. Um, I just put this one on there because there's not a lot of good games this week. I'm going Seahawks. Justin, I know you're going Seahawks. Yes, let Russ cook. What about Kirk Cousins though? He's so good. (laughs) Danny, who do you got? 
<laughs> no comment. Uh, yeah, give me Seahawks. All right. And then Monday Night Football. We got the Chargers, Justin Herbert, the starter, versus Drew Brees. Shut up, Drew Brees. Drew Brees' re- revenge game versus old team and the Chargers. People forget that, that he played for the Chargers. Listeners went Saints. Justin, who are you going? Upset pick of the week. Give me the Chargers. Chargers, okay, okay. Danny, how about you? I love Justin Herbert. I, I wish he'd declare it because I would have wanted the Giants to take him in 2019. Give me the Justin Herbert-led Chargers. Herbert has looked good, but he's also thrown two game-losing um, interceptions in, uh, in two of his three games. I'm not a believer in Breeze this year, but I'm going with the Saints. I think they're a very good team. They have a lot of good talent. They, uh, you know, they did lose to the Packers, but they showed they showed. Uh, wait, no, that was two weeks ago. Anyways, I'm going the Saints. All right, Giants versus Cowboys score prediction, Danny. I promise the trivia. Here's the trivia of, of the week. Since the Giants were uh, made and made since their inception in 1925, how many times have the Giants gone 0 and 5? Zero. Uh, no, no, they had, there had to be there had to be a stretch in the seventies where they went zero and five. They went zero and five five times: nineteen seventy six, nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty seven, twenty thirteen, wow. and twenty seventeen. That I year. thought twenty seventeen we went we won the fifth game. I guess no, not. I, no, I think yeah because we and then we and then that was the the best finish they had when they started zero and five. They went seven and nine in the end. Worst was twenty thirteen. Uh, 2017, sorry. So, obviously, I'm choosing the Giants. Uh, I can never choose against the Giants when they're playing a division rival. That I could choose against them if they're playing the 49ers, but when they're playing the Eagles, Cowboys, uh, whoa, whoa, almost slipped there, uh, or the Washington football team, I will never choose against them, giving the New York Giants 40-2. Uh, to 40-2, to I like it. Justin, who do you got? Or what is There will be blood on the football field. It will be the blood of... Mike McCarthy, that was really violent. Um, Good lord. (laughs) I wanted to say Greg Hardy, but then I forgot that he wasn't on the team. Oh. I hate that man. hate that man. Cowboys are a scum organization because they freaking do that crap where they bring in terrible human beings. All right. Um, 78 to 0, Giants. I'm one upping Bobby Skinner. One uppers. One. What a one upper. That's the Cowboys motto. The badder they are, the more we want them. Hey, that's the Talking Giants motto, too, honestly. Um, <laughs> vote for Bobby Skinner, Justin Pennick. Um, anyways, we are 0-4, staring 0-5 down the barrel. It's just looking at us right in the face. Just saying, I, I, will, I want to end you. I want to end this season. But that won't happen. That will not happen. We haven't beat the Dallas Cowboys in a long time. But we will. This Sunday at 4.30 on Fox. Daniel Jones throws six touchdowns. Darnay Holmes has two pick sixes. Giants 77, Cowboys 0. Winners win, losers lose. And we are a winning podcast, damn it. We refuse to lose. Move America downfield. (laughs) That's that episode. We appreciate you guys. Screw the Cowboys, man. Screw Dallas. I broke my pen. I got so excited. Look at it if you're on YouTube. I just fell apart because I got so freaking amped up. Screw the Cowboys. Screw Dallas. Screw everything about dumb old Texas. Ooh, dumb old Texas. What's the difference? 
Screw you, Texas. Let's go, Giants. And let's go, Big Blue.